Thank you for tuning into Splat Attack. This episode, we will be discussing the top five scary moments on Rugrats with special guest Kelsey from Slime and Slashers. If you are watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe. If you are listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. We love to keep making nostalgic content for you, and this helps grow our channel. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe to our Patreon. We have bonus episodes, live streams, early access, and with enough support from all of you, there is more things that we would love to do for bonus content. Thank you all so much for your support. Now, let's spooky season. It's Halloween. Frightening rumors have reached the rug. Someone or something is making trouble. What could be lurking behind the Nicktoon shadows? A monster. A monster? A monster. And I think it's after us. What's really in the garage? You know, a monster. Find out in a special Halloween Rugrats tomorrow on Nickelodeon. Greetings, spooksters, and welcome to a scarifying version of Splat Attack, a 90s podcast that dives into the slime-filled past. I'm your flat-headed Frankenstein, Brett. And I'm your bloodthirsty vampire who loves Christmas, Alex. And Brett, what are we doing at the Pickles residence this holiday season? Well, as you may know, Rugrats is one of the most beloved Nicktoons to emerge from 90s Nick history. And since we haven't covered the show in our podcast since touching upon it all the way in episode one, you know, it seemed like a good time as any to go deeper into the infantile world of Rugrats. Uh, are you excited to relive some potentially traumatic memories of this animated kids show, Alex? Oh, yes. I've, I've been so into it. I have lost all kinds of sleep, so I am uh, on high on energy. I've been living on caffeine. It's very much the caffeine patch, so let's, let's get this show on the road. Heck yeah. But uh, before we dive into Rugrats, uh, I think I hear a knock at the door. Uh, I think I hear some trick-or-treaters, actually, Alex. Could you go check it to see who's there? Yes, yes, I will go take a look. Let's see here. Let me open this door and see who we got with us. Trick-or-treat! Whoa! Look who it is! It's uh, Kelsey from Slime and Slashers. <laughs> we haven't seen you since uh, summertime. How you doing? You know, I was just in the neighborhood, and I I really love Rugrats, so I thought I'd stop by and see what you guys were up to. Of course. Come on in. Come on in. Uh, help yourself to some candy while we uh, finish dishing this out for the rest of the trick-or-treaters. Um, I, I think we're actually going to share some of our top five scariest Rugrats moments tonight. So if you have a few, you're more than welcome to join us around the, the living room fireplace that Alex has set up over there. And uh <laughs> You know, he'll just leave the candy dish by the door so we don't have to worry about trick-or-treaters inter interrupting us tonight. Sounds good. Let's get to it. Hold on to your diapies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hold on to your diapies indeed because we're going to be mentioning quite a few. Uh, I don't know how, how to describe it. I'm at a loss for words of scare scary words. It's going to be terrifying. Spooky, eerie, creepy. Horrific. 
yeah, all that stuff. It's it it's gonna trigger some some dark memories for all you who are listening or watching us on YouTube. That's for sure. Um, but you know, let's let's give a quick overview for everyone who's who's forgotten about Rugrats before we give our top five uh, scariest moments, shall we? So, despite being a Nicktoon show for kids, there's more than a few generally gut-wrenching, heart-palpitating moments from this kids show that I'll leave that will leave you crying for your mama from all the trauma. Don't believe me? Just ask Alex and Kelsey. Uh, we've picked each picked our top five moments from Rugrats episodes that seemed scary as a kid and may still have residual scariness to this day. Could be from characters or actions or just from an ambient feeling that left us with a pit in our stomach once the credits rolled. So pull over your Halloween mask because we're about to terrify our slimesters and gackoids tonight with a handful of scary Rugrats moments in this top five Halloween countdown. So our basic criteria is that it's got to have some striking visuals, some you know, scary, unnerving music, maybe some dark themes and concepts that are undercurrents of the, the writing or the story um, tied to our childhood memories. So things that we actually watch and remember uh, uh, being scared of as kids. And um, you know, it could either be an, a character or an idea express. Doesn't have necessarily have to be one or the other. <laughs> idea. I, idea, get it? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me drink some of my slime punch decked out with eyeballs that Angelica loves oh so much in one of my picks coming up. No, that's a uh, reptar fluid. But it's not dyeing his tongue bar. green. Nope. No, no. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's not pure reptar grade. It is not. No. It's 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 gack. It's no. It's slimester green. So that's why it doesn't have that effect. That's okay. We'll, we'll work on a concoction um, next time we review a Scary Rugrats episode. Uh, so starting off, uh, let's go around the table uh, alphabetically. So Alex, what is your top five pick for Rugrats Scary Moment? All right. Well, first of all, uh, I want to address the scariest thing for people who love Halloween is people who celebrate Christmas early. <laughs> Hence... My stage is uh, Christmassy. Don't worry, it will be Halloween the next episode. I just wanted to have a little fun. Uh, I actually had to go a bit of a different route in picking my uh, top five because, and I had mentioned this in our last episode over on Patreon for all of our gackoids, that I was a very frightful child. I was scared of a lot of different things, but there was also a lot of things that I was supposed to be afraid of, and I wasn't. Uh, so, I mean, movies like Return to Oz and the boat ride scene on Willy Wonka had no effect on me. I was just, oh, okay, no big deal. And I loved Rugrats. Uh, I, it's one of my favorite shows as a kid. And all of the spooky, scary parts that we're talking about today, they didn't really scare me. So I didn't have any nightmare fuel in going through these episodes. But um, I watched them again as an adult and I was thinking, how was I not terrified of this when I was a kid? Because I, I was scared of everything else. So instead, what I did was I took it over to Facebook. And I asked Facebook, what are your favorite or what did you think was the scariest? So this is a bit of a poll from a Nickelodeon group over on uh, Facebook to see what they really put as their top five. And uh, I will say their top five was also a lot of the ones that I was pulling straight from memory. So, and and I put in order of who got the most votes. So the number five 
uh, and this was the first episode that I thought of, by the way, is the Chucky versus the Potty from mm-hmm. season two, episode two, A. And this was out uh, September 13th, 92. And the reason this really stuck with me as a kid, because I do have a childhood memory attached to this one. I don't really have a childhood memory attached to, to, to many of them uh, because they didn't scare me. And they were just, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I watched Ernest Goes to Jail. And I also watched Adam's Family Values. And in both of these movies, there was the electric chair. Mm. And, uh, I mean, they even tried to kill and almost did kill Ernest. And Ernest goes to jail with the electric chair. Uh, So I know what this thing is. And then whenever the scene, the the spooky part of this episode, is while they're trying to potty train Chucky. And they're pushing him towards the toilet to use the potty. They're treating, he has a nightmare about them forcing him to sit on top of it, and they're treating it like it's the electric chair. And oh, he's yeah. going, Oh, no, not the chair, not the chair. And I think he gets flushed down the toilet at one point. He's terrified of it. But uh, that was the one thing that really stuck with me. And incidentally, Sam, uh, being who he is and knows that I'm into all things Nickelodeon in the 90s, uh, he knew that I was wanting to watch the show. And I, I started watching some episodes and he comes down and sits down beside me. And the first episode we watched was this one. <laughs> and uh, he <laughs> he was really fascinated with it. And uh, I, Sam has gotten a, a deep appreciation for things that are spooky and scary. And uh, every once in a while, I'll hear him going through YouTube and listen to the videos that he's watching. And I'll keep hearing Chucky screaming, not the chair, not the chair from his bedroom. It's the only episode that he's watched. He's not watched any of the other episodes, just Chucky versus the potty. But that is my, and Facebook's number five pick. Very interesting. Uh, I was actually considering this for my honorable mention list, but because I had like five of them already picked, I had to bump it off. But I definitely remember watching this one as a kid. And I remember like the cold, dark ambience of the dream and just feeling really sterile, kind of like how your your house looks like uh, when you're like walking through it at 3 a.m. and there's no lights on and you're just trying to fumble your way to the bathroom. That's something I could definitely relate to. Uh, although I, I luckily did not run into Angelica wearing an executioner's mask uh, when I had to do the deed. <laughs> Everybody's gotta go someday. <laughs> and I will say the other potty training scare I've seen was from Look Who's Talking To. Oh yeah. It was it was another it was the exact same setup. A kid was terrified of going to use the potty, so now the the toilet actually talked back and had but uh, little fangs and oh my here with a pee-pee! Like <laughs> Hey, you, you little pisher, I'm talking to you. Oh, no, what is that? Hey, you're supposed to give me some pee-pee. Where's that pee-pee? We're talking about pee-pee here. I need that pee-pee. Oh, no, Mr. Toilet Man. I've had it with you. You better give me that pee-pee. Give it to me, or the next time you sit on me, I'm going to bite off your tushy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that actually reminds me of the talking toilet from uh, Banjo-Kazooie in the, the Haunted Mansion level of the N64 game. If anyone's <laughs> played that. Um, it's... 
I forgot what the dialogue is. I'm sure you can find some footage and edit it in here, Alex. But uh, yeah. essentially talking to Banjo and Kazooie to like help get it unclogged. And by doing so, he's like, oh, that's much better. It's like all clear. And then you ha actually get flushed down into it as a pumpkin in that level to retrieve the, the golden jiggy piece that was stuck in his pipes, which that just comes to mind being flushed in the toilet like Chucky. <laughs> The best part of that episode, it's not creepy, but Tommy's the cute little rabbi and he's like, tell me your problems, <laughs> my son. And it's yeah, so right? Cute. It's right? so adorable. And I was like, that's like the most cute, like cute and scary dream at the same time because Tommy's in there being all sweet to Chucky and he's having this nightmare. It's wonderful. For my number five pick, this one is an interesting one because it has Are You Afraid of the Dark Ties? And what I mean by that is that um, there's a scene that happens that really shook me to my core and also my eyeballs falling out. <laughs> that uh, I, I think I could see the screen, right? Um, this, this one shook me to my core because I had a few instances when I was like really young where I'd run into my dad really late at night when I had to get up to pee or like I wanted to get a snack from the fridge and I couldn't quite make him out. He was just like a black silhouette who was grunting and that freaked me out a lot when I was around like four or five when we moved into our new house. So this, this memory is directly tied to me seeing this episode at a young age at that time and it's Realer Robots from season one episode 8A and it's essentially the sleepwalking stew moment where he's like making his uh was it 48 egg omelet or something ridiculous in the kitchen and he thinks that tommy and chucky's spying on him thinking they're a robot that he's stew and he he, he basically is like chasing after them and opening up the cabinets and going in there he's like drew i just want to talk to you <laughs> Come back, Drew. I just want to talk to you. Like a zombie or something. And something about just him poking his head in the cabinet, going after the babies, not realizing who they actually are, was really unsettling to me back then. And it reminds me exactly of that moment in Are You For The Darks, The Tale of the 13th Floor, where the robot slash alien Raymond is looking for the uh, main character girl, Karen, uh, when she's trying to hide and escape from the toy factory that's really just an alien mothership. That's a good comparison. I love that comparison. I'm pretty sure we made a connection to Are You Afraid of the Dark in just about every episode of this podcast in, so far. In some form, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, so that's my pick. And also, just a quick little side, um, to think that they put in a scene where Tommy uses like an actual wrench to give Stu a purple nurple is totally terrifying. It makes me fear for my life if I have kids who try to do that to me while I'm sleeping as I'm holding my chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great number five. I like that one. Awesome. Well, Kelsey, what do you got for your number five of Scariest Rugrat Moment? Well, see, I know this list is about moments, but this episode I've chosen, or part of the episode I've chosen, because it actually has a very great atmosphere, an atmosphere that actually lasts for most of the episodes. Because as we go through our lists, I feel like Rugrats did a lot of great little sequences within the mini episodes that are spooky, but then it goes back to being light or funny or mixing things in and out. This one I picked because it had a really great vibe all the way through, and that is Legend of Satchmo. Ooh. And there's a lot of good stuff to basically dissect in this one. I just love, like, the the music. And in fact, the music really adds to every creepy moment in Rugrats. So Mark's 
Mark Mothersbaugh is just incredible and I think really is one of the big reasons why these scenes come off as creepy as they do. It's a multitude of factors, but I think his music helps and his music is also really great in Legend of Satchmo. It's got like spooky vibes. And right from the beginning, Chucky feels like they're being watched, and there's wind blowing and just wonderful atmosphere while Grandpa is telling the Sasquatch story, or the Satchmo story, as the babies say. And he says, and this is my official creepy moment. Some folks call him Bigfoot. Some call him the Abominable Snowman. The rest just call him Sir. I, just, <laughs> I love that. And I just thought it was a really, really awesome just whole scene of him telling the story. And there's many instances of storytelling in Rugrats where it gets spooky. And I have another one on my list somewhere later, which I'll talk about, but that's my number five. Very cool. Yeah, I didn't even consider that one, but I I really do like the ambience of it. Just being out in a, in a tent in the backyard at night and you hear some strange noises, you don't know what it could be. And granted, it's in the backyard for the babies, so it's not too, too scary, but still, if it's your first time camping, you don't know what to expect. And you're right it does have a great ambience to it that makes it memorable and also grandpa's lines as well yeah and Stu, and Stu just you know messing things up like you know stewby and stew essentially <laughs> he, he's actually being a big kid in this moment like we kind of do like hey what are you guys doing can i join you know just being all goofy i love it yeah i love it too <laughs> it's a great <laughs> little funny part of the episode mm -hmm. well Alex, what is your uh, number four pick for scariest rugrats moments Number four also has a tie-in with Brett's nightmares as a child, Ooh. but uh, I had actually forgotten all about this episode until Brett talked about it in uh, Nightmares as a Child, and then I had revisited the episode, but Facebook didn't forget it because <laughs> their number four was under chucky's bed from mm. season three episode 16a which came out in january 9th 1994. i had completely forgotten about this episode but once i saw the image that brett used for the thumbnail i was going ah oh, yeah yep and it came back instantly and i it is amazing to me the way our brain works it is amazing how something can be com something can be completely gone and then you see one thing and then instantly memory has come back. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, the first time the voice from under the bed came out and I remember laughing. Really? Uh, I, but, but I was laughing because the timing was so good. Uh, mm. The voice itself didn't scare me. It, it, it sounded very much like Crumb from All, All Real Monsters. You ruined my uh, trivia, Alex. Oh, is that him? <laughs> it, it's David Eccles. I was going to mention yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be him because it sounds just like Crumb. <laughs> I love being smelly. So when I heard the voice as a kid and I was like, "It's this, this voice isn't scary. Uh, at least it wasn't to me. Uh, and uh, I, because <laughs> it was so good. It was just, ah, there's nothing in the bed. Hey, Chucky. There's nothing living under my bed. Nothing at all. Hiya, Chucky. 
fucking hits. It was funny. <laughs> and then he's talking to this disembodied voice that you can't see, which again made me laugh. Uh, it was supposed to be scary, but I didn't find it scary. I found the whole thing funny, but I also did find it relatable. Um, I was very, very fortunate to not have a monster under my bed because I had another mattress under my bed. I had what was called, I called it the down bed. I had an up bed and a down bed. It was not a bunk bed. It was just another bunk or another bed that was on wheels that I could push in and out from under my bed. So I never had that. Uh, I'm scared there was a monster under my bed because I was always thinking, how's a monster going to fit under there? But uh, that was never a concern for me, but I was always very scared of things in the dark when I did get in the bed. Uh, afraid something was in the closet or in the corner or something. So uh, there, were, there was still plenty of that. So I still related to Chucky in that moment. But uh, Facebook very much was, they, as much as they loved Crumb, they did not like that monster's voice from under the bed. They didn't like that at all. So, uh, and obviously, Brett has gone and uh, talked about his fear of it as well. So it's definitely resonated with audiences far more than it did with me. But it's still a great episode, a great spooky moment, and uh, definitely something that kids and adults, especially whenever you sleep by yourself, whenever you're used to having somebody with you, uh, it, it's it's still a, a lingering fear for many. Yeah, I, I could wholeheartedly agree. And if any of you Slimesters haven't seen the Nightmares as a Child minisode yet, it's episode M4 from season two. Go check it out. It's like a 10 minute listen and uh, I'm sure it'll trigger some memories of your own that you can share with us later. Um, this this one was very memorable to me growing up. I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna spoil what I talk about in the minisode, but um, I did have a lot of things under my bed that could look like monsters and shadows. I've also had weird occurrences where, you know, because I had insomnia growing up, uh, I would wake up at very weird hours of the morning and sometimes the ceiling fan above me would make my covers look like they were moving on their own as if there was like an invisible force climbing up to get me, which scared the crap out of me um, as like an optical illusion as the moonlight was like shining in from the window behind my bed. So uh, I found this very relatable as well back then. Uh, not as much now because my bed doesn't have an underside. It's literally two mattresses and then the floor. So can't hide anywhere. Joke's on you, monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but um, back then it, it was uh, a concern and the voice did scare me because of how low pitched it was. And as soon as he said, hey kids, I got some free candy, you know he means trouble because all the creepy <laughs> things in life offer you free candy as a way to bait you. <laughs> it's true yeah i mean we even talked about it in z in episode b8 just recently so i've been using that voice now in children's church uh so for those of you who don't know i teach children's ministry and uh i give candy away all the time in class uh, they, they know a bible verse give them candy they we play a game we play like a wheel of wisdom or wheel of fortune game we call it wheel of wisdom and those who guess the puzzle get two pieces of candy, and those who didn't guess the puzzle get a piece of candy. But I'm always passing it out going, hey, you want some candy? <laughs> and they don't and run the kids, away. <laughs> they and and the kid, kids are yeah. used to me. The parents are used to me. So they're just, uh, you're, you're an idiot. Just pass out the candy and shut up. <laughs> I, I like I like the fun as long as you don't have a malicious intent. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, no, just no, give no, a little no, no. spook. Um, no, no, no. 
they they start talking to me back in that same voice too. Gotcha. I like that. They're sassy. <laughs> oh yeah, they're fun. I was going to mention as well. I really like Angelica's storytelling here too, because she talks about Barnaby Jones and how he's just kind of minding his own business on yes. the bed. And then he's reading the comic. And then when he hears that voice that Chucky hears, he's like, oh yeah, give me, give me the cake and ice cream, bring it on. And then the bed literally chews him up and spits out the comic book. I got cake and ice cream down here. Cake and ice cream? Oh boy. Never saw little Barnaby Jones again. And if you look very closely, you can get a tiny glimpse of the what the monster looks like on one of the panels before it shows Angelica as it transitions back to her, which I think is genius from an animation standpoint. Yeah, that's a great pick from Facebook and Alex. And uh, I'm going to share my number four pick next, which, uh, believe it or not, is my background for those who are watching this on YouTube, Candy Bar Creepshow. And I really like this one, not only because it's a Halloween-themed episode uh, from Season 1, Episode 9A, but it also f features, like Kelsey was mentioning before about The Legend of Satchmo, a really cool ambience about it that really ropes you in and gets you thinking about Halloween and trick-or-treating and dressing up. I mean, you got Stu and Dee Dee um, as like Frankenstein and Vampire, respectively. I think Stu, uh, Drew's a gorilla. And of course, Grandpa comes in with that hideous goblin mask, just going like... Blah, 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 blah. Grandpa! And that's what freaked me out at first, because I was not prepared for that as like a little three, four-year-old when this first came out, because, uh, you know, it was still a young Nicktoon at the time. And uh, when when Chucky like had that mask fall on him, he just started moving towards Grandpa. Now he knows what what kind of terror I felt when I first saw, it, as it's just like coming alive as a disembodied head to like eat him. Um, and other than that, I really like what the babies did too, with just like accidentally getting into the whole theatrics of the of the backyard spook house with like Phil and Will getting the. The spaghetti on their head looking like medusa snake monsters and then uh tommy like had a one of the one of the curtains like fall on him and he became a ghost and then of course angelica in her little angel outfit ironically uh she bumps into that that giant skull um plywood thing and then a bunch of grape eyeballs spurt out on her and she's like ew eyeballs and that's what inspired me to do this today and also drink a bunch of this Oh, look at that. Invisible eyeballs. Scary. Actually, let me let me just turn off green screen real quick so everyone can see. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I spilled a little bit. He slimed me. It's it's ectoplasm. It got all over my shirt. Should spill it up here. Yeah, exactly. This is a splat attack first. I have slimed myself and now I can't touch any of my equipment <laughs> just because I wanted to show you this. Is it good at least? Does it taste delicious? It's very gelatinous with a slight lime flavor. Yeah, it looks very viscous, like like very It, it is. It's it's like it's like the consistency in between fruit juice and jello, but not quite either. <laughs> so it's got a mucusy texture to us. Yeah. I feel like Kirk Fogg in season one of Legend of the Hidden Temple of all the awkwardness happening. <laughs> Nick Bory, that one's for you. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, if you're watching, we did like a hanging high five, the signature Kirk Fogg move. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, back to the episode. Enough of our silly uh, ramblings. Uh, so yeah, the ambience of the the backyard haunted house is what I really loved about this episode. And I I got scared at the mask at first because I used to be easily terrified of masks, uh, which is partially why I, I was afraid of the haunted mask goosebumps special that came out a few years later. Um, and it just it, the idea that something that's not alive could come alive like something rubbery and just have be possessed by black magic is what spooked me a lot back then obviously it doesn't bother me now um it actually kind of makes me wish that i had the means to build my own like backyard haunted house because my friend Cristinelli, who's also a nickelodeon fan he used to do that with his family uh, back in my hometown growing up for years and years and years and like all of his family members would like get into it and it was just a lot of fun even, even just going through it and then even helping him scare some characters when i got into costumes so Good times. It's it's very nostalgic, but also slightly scary for me too. So that's my number four pick. Perfect number four, super thematic. You can't go wrong. I mean, it's a Halloween episode. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, my number four, I uh, chose Mysterious Mr. Friend. And the babies throughout the episode end up calling Mr. Friend, Mr. Fiend, which I think is wonderful and appropriate. Oh, yeah. They don't know what it means, but it's it's so wonderful. Wordplay in Rugrats, as an adult, it's just so enjoyable oh, to go back and to hear all of the little things that as a kid, you were just accepting it. It's not like you actually understood like the little double meanings or the you know the fun that they were having with the word usage but now you can appreciate it to the fullest and it's it's marvelous i just love it so yeah i i have to mention this before you go a little bit more into detail that when every time i watch this i can't unseparate the the connection in my head but it makes me think of robot gene simmons dancing in the simpsons where <laughs> where like i i think homer's trying to get bart back after mr burns adopts him and one of the things that he sticks on him usually is like guard dogs, but he he ups the ante by um, having Robot Gene Sim Simmons come out and play uh, Casey and the Sunshine Bands, shake your booty around him, and he's like, ah, ah, ah. and then of course he tries to blow his head off, but then the the bullet wound heals up like Terminator Two style, and I I just can't help but think of Gene Simmons when I think of these robots, just like an army of them trying to get you to work out while also terrifying you at the same time. You've got great comparisons. <laughs> you really do. That's another good one. So, yeah, I mean, I think Mr. Fiend slash friend is super creepy. So you could just take the doll and say that's like the creepiest part of the episode. But specifically, there's a part where the doll is in, the clown doll, is in the crib with Tommy. And its head spins around like the exorcist. Like, what the hell? At I would, night. <laughs> I know. I would be scared as hell, too. And he's crying. And they're like, oh, no, what's wrong? What's wrong? Look at this freaking doll. It's freaking horrifying. So anyway, I think the doll is disturbing. I think his voice is disturbing. And uh, the army of them at the end is another great moment. There's multiple oh, yeah. creepy moments in this episode. But if I had to pick one moment from this little part, it would be the, the head spinning. Totally. Yeah, that's a great pick. I had no idea where to fit that on my list, but uh, I definitely wanted to add it as well, just because for the sheer un unnerving quality of like robots coming to life and multiplying and trying to take over and just, uh, you know, the ki the baby's not knowing what to make of it because they've never seen anything like it before. And I, I need to say this. What the hell is Stu thinking that he's, he's designing all these weird 
inventions that he thinks his son will love, but he doesn't like any of them. They're all creepy or overly technologically advanced. I know. I don't know what's wrong with Stu. Stu is Stu yet again. I mean... Yeah, he's, he, he's an inventor, but he's like borderline mad scientist at times. And, and that is perfect because in the beginning of the episode, it's like a Frankenstein spoof where he's working on Mr. Friend slash Fiend. Exactly. And he's like, it's alive! It's alive! And it's just total great atmosphere again yet one more time i gotta say the word atmosphere about a thousand times so uh but it has it i mean this episode has the atmosphere totally and i think that's what makes um many of these entries memorable like maybe they're not may not necessarily be a character that will freak you out but it could be like all the different elements coming together to just create that kind of mood that you know, yeah. shakes you a little bit or makes you feel unsettled. And not only the robot aspect, by the way, but clowns are inherently creepy. I mean, yeah. come on. Clowns! Who also thought they were, like, the the go-to career to make people happy? How, like, what's going on there? What was the logic behind that? Because all the bright, vivid colors and the unnatural smiles. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who make a living as a clown these days that are you know, well-received by people, but I think there's enough of a horror trope now that it might overshadow that and, uh, you know, make them go into the haunted house business instead of uh, birthday party entertaining. Yeah, Pennywise killed it for, for good clowns. I think he did. That was the turning yeah. of the tides. <laughs> Poor clowns. Yeah. Clowns everywhere are out of a job being funny clowns. They have to resort to being scary clowns. And also becoming robot clowns. <laughs> yeah, or robot clowns, yes. And I will also say that this episode is not on my list or honorable mentions, but there were still quite a few. There, there was a handful of people in the Facebook group who were very adamant about Mr. Friend. So it's also has resonated with uh, audiences. Uh, just the, the ones that I've got got a lot more responses, especially when we get to the top two. But we'll get to those in a bit. All right, Alex, what's your uh, number three? Uh, number three is actually one that we had already addressed, uh, but the third most talked about episode, and also, I, I believe I said the uh, Under the Bed was my first thought, and no, that, that was not my first thought, it was actually my second thought. My first one, and uh, directly pulled this one from memory, the moment that Brett had pitched this idea to but it was real or robots mm. uh, I have that image ingrained of him standing with his arms stretched out like Frankenstein and the lightning oh. crashing behind him yeah. and uh, I remember very I remember the sound of when he sat up at first as, <laughs> there's no such thing as robots <laughs> to go back to what brett had mentioned earlier about the purple nurple uh, <laughs> i i love ren and stimpy ren and stimpy is one of my favorite cartoons but a lot of the adult humor that's in ren and stimpy obviously went over my head as a kid as an adult I, it's fantastic but i remember watching rugrats and then getting to the nipple twist and that is the first time when I, I could recall that I was catching a joke that was for adults and kids uh, because I, I thought they didn't do this for kids. They, most of the kids my age aren't this twisted. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I completely caught for the first time that they are making shows for both adults and kids alike. And it's just a shame that my parents weren't really into the things that I was into. But that 
one joke was a sig very, very significant joke for me. And uh, I, I just loved the idea. I thought it was such a fun idea of a dad who sleepwalks and the kids are seeing it as a, a brain dead zombie robot. And uh, I loved that. I thought it was fun. And uh, audience or uh, Facebook was very much about this one. Uh, there was no real one quote that kept getting pulled out or one particular moment, but everyone just seemed to, outside of the nipple twist, but that wasn't something that they found scary. Uh, it was just something that they remembered. But the one thing that was said the most about it was just the episode where they thought the dad was the robot. So that is my and Facebook's number three. Wow, great to see another repeat that just reinforces that, you know, there's something powerful to these episodes that make them memorable. Um, I do have to mention that I love the ambience in this one, too, because it does feel like a, a Frankenstein, dark and stormy night mood yep. that's being set to help further, you know, connect the two dots between what's seen on TV with the monster movie and what's happening with Stu, Tommy and Chucky, uh, especially with like the theremin music and the lightning crashes and then the twist ending where it's like, what about my dad? And then, of course, Chucky has to go home the next day fearing that, you know, Chaz is going to turn into a uh, a robot Frankenstein type monster as well. I, I will also add that as a kid, I was wondering how Dee Dee was sleeping through all of this. Right. Uh, because the kids are screaming, he is screaming, and then all this is going, how is she sleeping through all of this? Knockout pills? <laughs> and, and now I live with the love of my life who sleeps through everything. <laughs> Sometimes even some of our episodes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll come I'll come downstairs or uh, I, I'll get in bed, wake up in the morning, and then she'll, uh, did you sleep okay? It's like, yeah, Jensen woke up about three times last night. He did? You didn't hear him screaming through the baby monitor? No. Of course he didn't. So, yeah, it's like, okay, there's there's Dee Dee. <laughs> yep. She can, if my wife can do it, Dee Dee can do it. Totally. Great pick. All right, so... Uh... Here's my number three, and it's a repeat, but I'm actually going to substitute with something else because what we already talked about has already been covered, and it's actually Nightmares as a Child episode, so I don't want to retread uh, old water for this special. Uh, I just, I'll just mention really quick that my original pick for number three is Under Chucky's Bed. Scare of the Monster had issues with imagining monsters on the bed do all the toys that were under there. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so my stand-in for my number three, you know, that being so, is Mr. Clean. Um, I forgot what season or episode it is. I think it's season three, but uh, this this dream sequence particularly sticks with me to this day because I kind of have very clean tendencies, maybe borderline germaphobe, not quite. Um, and this one really stuck out to me. Uh, I mean, not not just for the fact that all the babies like to play in filth in the episode, which is who knows what kind of diseases they're getting that way. But the the dream sequence where Chucky is like going through his house and then all of a sudden, like there's all these little yellow germs that are just coming toward him in, in droves. Like it's literally by the thousands and they're just popping out of every which way, like out of the door, out of his dresser and they're just chasing him. And he's his germaphobe is like really boiling to a peak, especially with that creepy Mark Mothersbaugh signature music that, that um, really drives it home. And just when you think you're safe in his bedroom, when things kind of calm down for a moment, the, the teddy bear goes, Poof, and then they all start popping out again and everything resumes. So it really plays with your emotions in that moment where it takes you off guard, but still lets on, it still presses on with the, the scares. So for the striking imagery, for the creepy music, and for the fact that I might have become a germaphobe for watching this as a kid, it's my number three pick. 
think that's a good reason. <laughs> it really affected you hardcore. Yeah. I uh I have to say that my number three also repeats, but I have a few different things to say about it because I do think it's a great episode, and you can't leave it off of a creepy, you know, moments list for Rugrats. So my number three, like Alex, is also Real or Robots, but the reason is it's probably one of the Rugrats episodes that I've seen the most out of any episode. This and Toy Palace, and it's because I had my little VHS as a kid, and I had of course on the back here you can see i'm showing it for you guys who are listening and i'm showing it on youtube right now so trick uh real or robot right here and toy palace so i watched this cassette all the freaking time so i have like real or robots like memorized in fact i love when Stu is like and this is not scary this is just something that i used to say for fun with my friends like one potato two potato <laughs> <laughs> One potato, two potato, three potato, six potato, fourteen potato. I don't know. We would say that all the like one potato, and it, Drew, is that you, Drew? And it like it's not even that part's not scary to me. That part makes me laugh. Drew, is that you, Drew? I don't know. We would say that my friends and I growing up. Drew, is that you, Drew? Anyway, I, I Drew, love that I just so want much. to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. The monotone is just so amazing. But the part that's scary is the beginning, in my uh, in my opinion. I love how they're watching the movie on TV, and it's like a mad scientist. Like you said, Brett, like a Frankenstein type of atmosphere and mood again, like in some other episodes. And this is another episode like Legend of Satchmo that has a spooky eeriness throughout the whole mini part of the episode. And I really love when... Tommy is really disturbed by the flippin' movie he just watched and seeing mm -hmm. the robot dad basically carrying away this kid. It's like haunting Tommy. And oh, Tommy yeah. is like, maybe anybody could be robots. And I think just that saying and him being freaked out and the music in the crib is a really creepy moment, along with what we just saw in the intro with the special on TV. All of that together, really creepy little scene, perfect for spooky season if you're going to rewatch some Rugrats. Yeah, that's a great pick. And I mean, wow, three for three. Who would have thought that? Yeah, I know. Really, robots. Yeah. It's a it, good it's, one. When it's spookiness, like when we're talking spookiness, it's a great one. You can't not mention it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of earlier Rugrats episodes lend themselves to creepiness because there's something really raw about their art style back then that just, you know, adds the extra oomph to everything that's happening in the story. I mean, even even when I think about other titles like uh, The Trial with the Clown Lamp Breaking. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Angelica wearing that rabbit mask to scare Chucky. Even that's looking creepy when it's, it's just a rabbit's mask. Yeah, it was really the way they animated it. And of course, the music, too, as we discussed, it yep. just made it like kind of sinister. So, Alex, what is your number two uh, scariest Rugrats moment to share? So this one was one that I had also forgotten, but actually the, the top two are ones that I had completely forgotten about until I rewatched the series again, or, or at least the first three seasons. I haven't watched anything season four and on yet. Uh, I still want to, I just haven't. But the first three seasons were the ones that I grew up watching. And um, by the time season four came around and the movie came around, I was starting to lose interest. Yeah, so same. I, I just did, didn't watch them. But uh, first three seasons are masterful. Uh, but I had completely forgotten these, uh, these top two. And uh, then watching the episode again, I it was another one of those, oh, man, I remember this one. And uh, this is one of those 
whenever I asked on Facebook, what are your scariest uh, moments that you remember on Rugrats? And this one, I didn't get the explanation. I just got a quote. And it was quoted over and over and over. And it was all in caps. I'm not Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this one, for those who don't know, this is the episode in the dream time from season three. There's a lot, half of this list, over half of this list is from season three. Uh, but uh, this is episode uh, 18A. This came out February uh, 20th, 94. But uh, Chucky is having really, really weird dreams, uh, which I thought was really cool because what do kids dream about? What do babies dream about? And uh, I have a cousin who's little one, when he was about Chucky's age, had night terrors. Not just nightmares, I mean, he had night terrors. And a very, very different thing, for those who don't know. And they had a very difficult time trying to calm him down. Uh, and the question that all of us were having is, what is he dreaming about? I mean, he's he's tiny I mean, he's still a baby what could he possibly be dreaming about and this episode really plays with that i mean you have fish that are flying in the air and spiral staircases uh i mean we've said it numerous times in this episode the atmosphere is fantastic it's very very nightmare in elm street uh dubbed down for kids and uh, then the moment that everyone quotes is when he turns to talk to Tommy and Tommy looks back and he's got a lot of clown features. He's got this really long nose, really long ears, really long mouth and just got this goofy laugh. <laughs> What's going on, Tommy? I'm not Tommy. <laughs> then he wakes up from his nightmare. And then just to put the cherry on top Chaz has the same thing happen at the end of the episode uh, where he goes to uh, puts Chucky to bed goes out and sees uh, Stu Stu I didn't know you were coming over I'm not Stu <laughs> I think the Stu one is creepier than Tommy uh, personally, I, I'm like, oh god, I'm not still. That part's cr like creepy as hell. Well, that one's a jump. That was absolutely big jump scare because you think the nightmares are over and you think this is reality now because he's Chucky's okay, Chucky's fine. He's confronted his fears. He's gonna be have a peaceful sleep. All right, and then went full Nightmare on M Street twist at the very end, uh, which is what they would do on all those movies. They'd have one little thing to show you that Chuck, or, uh, that um, Freddy was still around. And uh, that was that moment with Chaz. Yeah, it makes me wonder like, what's going on in their family that causes both of them trauma. Cause sometimes they have some shared dream sequences going on or at least uh, phobias. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I almost consider that for my list, but I had to bump it off because the moment was just too short. Like the rest of the episode yeah. is pretty tame. Um, but I do like the visuals here and the, the surprise that, especially if you're watching this for the first time, you have no idea it's coming. And yeah. I don't know if if this is correct or not because my memory is a little faded, but um, I think I think the, the credits music that goes with into Dreamtime is very similar to what happens during Chucky's dreams where it's like, ah, very pleasant and wistful and like, you know, it's got that calming, cloudy kind of sound. And then at the very end, before the Klasky Supo logo comes on, it's like, dun, 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 like you're going to hell.
And I'm like, whoa, that's just as scary as the I'm not Tommy, I'm not Stu moment. Why the hell would they do that? And also, why are they picking the second half of season three to be like, okay, I guess the, the kids are too used to Rugrats. we got to shake them up and give them some nightmares so they'll keep watching. Like, what, what was going on in that writer's room? Craig Bartlett, let us know. <laughs> there was a lot of spooky episodes for season three. Yeah. They're like, let's scare the hell out of some kids. And then evilly laughed. I don't know. Probably, probably get, <laughs> getting pressured by Ari Fear the Dark because they're stealing the ratings. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, cool. So uh, for my number two scariest Rugrats moment, <laughs> this one is, uh, I don't even know how to introduce this, but it, it let, let's just say it's going to be a future Nightmares as a Child episode because it still bugs me when I think about it, especially if I like dream about it for whatever reason at night. Um, this this is like what you had imagined a mutated form of Tommy to be. And it's, w without belaboring it anymore, it's Angelica's worst nightmare, specifically Big Boy Pickles from season three, episode 21A. And Alex, I'm sorry, but you're gonna have to bleep me for this. What a ugly baby. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. The so, most disturbing looking baby ever. Is. Yeah. yeah, he's got this like weird man face and these purple lips and this gross ginks. He looks like Edward G. Robinson as a big, muscular, chubby, fat baby. And he's just eating everything in sight. And I'm like, oh my god, where did you come from? The Toxic Avenger dump? Um, <laughs> but my, my visceral reaction aside, this, this guy, oh my gosh. He, he literally, he actually did give me nightmares as a kid. And my sister as well when we first watched it. And we would always quote this episode. Ooh, num nums. Ooh, num nums. Yeah, stealing, stealing the cheese from Angelica, and then eating her when he's somehow like Godzilla size in her Malibu uh, Cynthia car that she's trying to get away from. I love the, I just love all the tension that happens during her dream sequence, and it shows that even though she wreaks a lot of havoc on the babies, she too is not uh, immune to the terrors that we all face growing up. And the fear of her being replaced because she is usually the center of attention really strikes uh, fear into her heart when she imagines like someone that kind of looks like a deformed version of Tommy uh, just kind of, you know, moving in and doing a power play to shove her aside literally into like uh, the linen closet or the, the washer and dryer closet. And I just remember like having these dreams where you know, I was I was wandering my house at the wee hours of the morning and seeing this baby in the house chasing me. And I remember hiding in the laundry room and I had nowhere else to go. And the only way I could get out was through the window. And I ended up like falling out, not not really, but like in my dream um, before I woke up because this guy was just so hulking. I couldn't even like punch my way through him if I wanted to. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, look out for that. Uh, season four of our minisodes. I, I hate this character with a passion so much that I'm willing to uh, burn him in a very special place where Peaches lives from Rocco's Modern Life. Never speak, never speak of him again. And uh, I dedicate this pick to my sister Chelsea, who is on our uh, Patreon episode B5 because it also traumatized her as well. Yeah, that, that traumatized me too. It's not on my list, but... I, I thought about putting it on my list. I was like, I, I freaking hate that baby. Like, it feels so wrong to say you hate a baby, but like, I hate that dream baby so much. It's, it's not so a real much. baby. It's okay. I know, but still, it just feels wrong, like a bad sentence to say out loud. But anyway, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%, Brett. 100%. All right. My number two is weird. So just hear me out here. Okay. So my number two 
it is scary. It is creepy. It is disturbing, but not in the way you think. So my number two is a visit with the Lipschitz. And <laughs> <laughs> the reason... Lipschitz. <laughs> yes, it's, it creeps me out. Like, it still creeps me out, especially as an adult watching it. But even as a kid, I thought this was weird. So just to set the scene, Lipschitz comes over to Tommy's house because Dee Dee invited him. And he's going to stay for dinner, but then something happens and... Stu and Grandpa leave to go to baseball, and Lipschitz convinces Dee Dee to go run after them. So he's basically convincing Dee Dee to leave him at the home by himself with the babies. And it's all just so creepy and weird. What's the creepiest part, though, and this is the, the pick, is the bubble bath. And the noise he makes getting in the bubble bath, it's like, ooh. And then the babies start crying. And if I was oh the gosh. babies, I would start crying too. Because I don't want that weirdo man, like, getting naked in my bathroom. <sighs> and then, by the way, when Dee Dee leaves, he watches her out the window and evilly laughs that she, and she bought it. <laughs> like, nothing could be creepier. She fell for it. Hook, line, and sink. <laughs> and then when Stu questions about the robe that he's wearing, Lipschitz is wearing Stu's robe, he's like, isn't that my robe, buddy or buster? And he's like, oh, we'll talk about it later. It's been a long evening with the children. Like, that sentence alone is weird. What does that mean? Hey, buster, that's my robe. Huh? Oh, well, it's a long story. I've had quite a busy evening with the children. Anyway, that part creeped me out. I know it's not really playing by the rules, but whatever. No, I think it counts. I mean, yeah. it still it still fits with like reality's uh, definition of scariness outside yeah. of the realm of Rugrats. Because why do you want an old man who's uh, may or may not portraying a psychiatrist invade your home, get naked with your children? Ugh. Oh. And just the noise, the bubble bath noise really puts it over the top. There's actually like a remix on YouTube or something. <laughs> like, like when, and then they have like Tommy and uh, Chucky like riding on his back, like piggybacking, like, and it has it looped. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, this, this pick reminds me a lot of the season two finale of Rugrats called Party Animals, where like, uh, they wish uh, on Angelica's lamp that their parents went away and they all turn into like Halloween costumes or party costumes. And then, of course, Cousin Bucky, who we've never even heard or seen of before, shows up. Apparently, he's on Dee Dee's side of the family and he's a big old baby and he's just like chasing the babies down the second floor of uh, Drew's house and he's like, pull my finger. What? Oh, the yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. That's that's creepy. Yeah, that he's is creepy. Not be talking to one and two year olds asking them to pull their finger. There's something very wrong about that. And he's dressed in a giant adult diaper. Ooh. I remember that now. I almost forgot what episode you were referring to, but as soon as you said, pull my finger, I was like, oh yeah, I hate that. Well, uh, I think we got a little bit full on uh, Halloween candy. So let's let's take a break to digest and uh, hear a few words from our Splat Attack sponsors and uh, check out our Patreon as well. So when we come back, we will review our top one picks and also a recap of our previous four as well. Hold on, Rugrats will be right back. Be afraid, be very afraid. There's a monster on the side of the bus! It's a trio of terror-filled tales. This hairdo looks so queer. I heard that too, it's a boy! The Simpsons! A full hour of The Simpsons, only on Fox 59. Hello? Maybe they're closed. <laughs> Welcome to Horrorland! 
get scared to death on rides and stuff up on junk food and ditch your parents. Stay off the guillotine ride. Sharp turns. No talking. Who are you? I run this place, I do. And he's in there, all right. Just wait. Pick the right door and you go free. Pick the wrong door. Yeah, Sign up today on Patreon to get your ticket to ride for our Are You Afraid of the Dark vs. Goosebumps episode of Laughing in the Dark vs. One Day at Horrorland. Isn't she terrific? Boom, 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 boom. Dingo is based on a few real-life events involving Brett and his dog, Nikau. Stay tuned to Splat Attack Podcast for more Wacky Dingo animated shorts. You're watching Nickelodeon, and now back to Rugrats. All right, Slimesters, if you uh, haven't noticed that we told some bone-chilling tales of Rugrats, I uh, hope you enjoyed our break while we digested some of our Reptar bars. And for anyone who hasn't been paying attention, we're going to do a quick recap of our previous number four Scariest Rugrats picks before we jump into our number one picks. So starting off, uh, we'll repeat the order that we had before. Alex, what'd you have? Chucky versus the Potty. And I had Realer Robots for number five. My number five was Legend of Satchmo. My number four was Under Chucky's Bed. My number four was Candy Bar Creep Show. My number four was Mysterious Mr. Friend. My number three was Real or Robots. My number three was Under Chucky's Bed, substituted by Mr. Clean. My number three was also Real or Robots. My number two was In the Dream Time. My number two was Angelica's Worst Nightmare. My number two was a visit with the lip shits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That that last name gets me every time. I know. <laughs> he's, he's full of it because he's he thinks he's an expert on parenting, but he knows nothing about babies until he actually interacts with them in that episode. Uh, so for my number one, it's another one, like I said uh, earlier, that I had completely forgotten about. And I also preface that I'm a very, very twisted individual. Uh, so usually whenever somebody is, well, I should, I shouldn't say somebody, whenever a character is awful to others in movies and TV shows, whenever they get their comeuppance, I usually want it to be something really bad, uh, just because that's the way my brain works. So I remember after seeing the episode again, 
how gratifying it felt for me as a kid of watching this character finally get some some of the terror back and uh this one was very very much this is another one that uh on facebook got a lot of quotes and it was the same one uh, again over and over and the quote was now you're dumb dumb <laughs> so this is our a repeat this is angelica's worst nightmare uh but yes i agree with brett it is a very very funky looking child but I, it didn't scare me because I was too busy. I, I was the Michael Jackson sitting in the movie theater eating popcorn, watching, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, terrify the brat. Get her, get her. I don't care if it's a dream. I want to watch her terrified. So I, I was relishing this episode. But I, apparently I'm in the minority because over in Facebook, and there was a lot, I mean, overwhelming amount of people who just didn't, I don't want to say did not like it, but this episode particularly the imaginary new baby brother terrified a lot of kids so i can see why but if i if it was any other character other than angelica yeah i i would have been i'm sure i would have been scared but because it was angelica it's like <laughs> yeah get her <laughs> yeah that makes sense i hate angelica too sorry RJ. yeah me too i know you love her but um I, yeah, I it, it, it does feel nice that she's getting a taste of her own medicine for a change, especially considering my number one that's coming up. Um, but even if she's removed from the equation, no matter who's in place of her, it still it still feels like a horror-esque movie moment where you're running yeah. away, you're trying to put the keys in the car, you know, burst through the garage, and then you just can't get away no matter how hard you try or where you hide. And uh, I'm sure if someone was creative enough and was you know, had like million dollar budget to work with, you know, multiple millions, uh, they could adapt this one episode into a horror movie if they're running out of ideas. And it'd still work. Yeah. So for my number one, segueing into that, um, this, this one, this one had to be my number one for multiple reasons. One, because I like being a freelancer and I don't like corporate jobs. And two, I really, really feel the existential dread um, when I watch this and the ending, oh my God, what is one of those, like, you're a sick mother F effer, you know, but for writing this in, I just really hate it. And I'm scared by it. And I was totally revolted when I was a kid watching it for the first time, because it's just one of those moments that blindsides you and it's from season two too. So it's not like they're just throwing out all the scares before they go into season four, um, and get more, uh, mainstream. But, uh, this is actually what the big people do. Uh, from season two, episode 13B, and it's Angelica the boss and her robot workers. Why is this scary? Do I really need to explain the imagery here? I mean, you got char characters that are popping out of the giant tall portraits as Tommy and Chucky are going uh, into Angelica's executive office. Uh, reminds me of Are You Afraid of Dark? Tale of the West Spring Walls, by the way. Gotta throw that in there. Um, also, I don't like the... Uh, it's it's falls into uncanny valley for me where Tommy and Chucky have their heads on Stu and Chaz's bodies, like the proportions and just seeing them run around with like their baby heads. It's very very jarring because you're not used to seeing it this way, and this is probably the only time you actually see it this way before you know they grow up in the all grown up spinoff. Um, so that's that really adds to the the creepiness. But man, it just goes on fires on all cylinders once you get into Angelica's. 
uh, office and she wants to fire the babies and she got like the pigtails turning into the devil horns and then she's got all these evil looking robots with the oh 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 like slave driving drone going on as they're cornering them uh, from leaving uh, you know this business building version of the pickles residence and then of course it's another moment where your guard is let down kind of like mr. clean where everything seems okay and then it's like oh, okay we learned our lesson dreams over we can go back to being babies now and then out of nowhere Angelica just rips the curtains open from that sliding door where the babies are usually like hanging out with that that fence thing and she's like oh babies time to play house oh boys time to play house <laughs> and she like she gets the weird double horns again and of course we see Tommy and Chucky's reactions like they're fearing for their life like she's about to murder them and I'm just like whoa where did this come from I oh my god and that's probably why I hate Angelica you know when she does traumatizing crap like that to innocent little babies that did nothing to her in the first place just because she's like the alpha baby in the group so I, I gotta give it to that for um you know, being my number one, it still bothers me today with the with the more adult themes underlying it as like, you know, being a paper pusher and being fired and, you know, just being a corporate drone and all that stuff. It, it, it hits on many different levels for me and I'm sure many other Slimesters who resonate with this one. That is a great choice and uh, it's a good cup of job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. That's one of my favorite lines. It's a good cup of job. <laughs> and they wipe <laughs> the mud. Coffee, anyone? Sure, I'll have a cup of job. Yep. Tastes like mud. It is mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I, so I, good. I particularly like the moment on a more lighthearted note where they like speed down the highway to get a ticket because they they want to go see like Reptar and Ice and then of course Angelica pulls them over and there's like little pillow pillows in the sky as clouds. It's just so fun and whimsical and then of course it gets dark really quick once they get to work. Yeah, I actually like the pushing paper because I think it's so funny what they do it like they're actually the pushing the paper. It's so cute. But no, the idea of it like, oh, they don't understand what's waiting for them. I truly see the real life horror in that episode for sure. But the cartoony horror is there too. So it works, you know, in two ways. And I, it's such a well-made episode. One of my favorites. Agreed. Don't go give in to corporations, listeners. The world is run by the man. That's a great number one. Uh, my number one, it's a repeat. But for me, like, when I was thinking about my list, this is the episode or the part of the episode that came up in my mind right away. The imagery is really strong for me. The childhood association is really vivid for me as well. And that's under Chucky's bed. And I know we've already talked about it, but the bed, you know, when he looks underneath after, you know, come on, I'll give you some candy. He looks underneath and sees the sweater. Yeah, looking it looks like terrifying. A yes, like they designed it so well, because if I had seen that under my bed, I would have freaking jumped out oh, yeah. of the sheets, ran off. And I did used to, as a kid, like not like my feet to touch right by underneath the bed. And I had dreams about like being sucked under the bed by like a smoke monster and, and weird stuff like that. So under the bed gets me and got me back then. And yeah, I used to like try and run and jump on the bed and stuff like that. So this episode really resonated with me personally. And that's why for me, it had to be number one, but I know we already talked about it, but it is spooky and definitely scary. It's, it's great to hear that there's so many repeats because it just goes to show that Rugrats is scary and certain episodes resonate with many people. Yeah. Um, 
and definitely, again, if you haven't checked out the Minnesota, even you, Kelsey, go check it out so you can yeah. see how you relate to it as well. Um, fun, fun fact, when I was editing that Minnesota, I was taking screenshots to do the thumbnail for YouTube, and of course I got him under the bed. But the first time, the first time I, I saw Chucky look at him under the bed, he was drawn differently. And when I was trying to make that a thumbnail, I flipped it upside down to make it like right side up. And it looks a lot more creepier that way than like this, the regular one that turns into a sweater when Chaz flips the light on. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll give Alex a screenshot to show here where it looks like uh, upside down and you can see how much stranger and scarier it looks from this angle. And to, to piggyback on what I had said earlier with uh, there were some things that were supposed to scare me and they did. And then there were things like this that just never bothered me. This whole episode did not bother me. Uh, the monster out of the bed did not bother me. But Ernest scared stupid whenever the troll was in the bed with the girl and she turned around and there he was. That terrified me. I don't think I've seen that. So I'll have to watch it now to see what you mean. Yeah, I don't know if I remember that either. I mean, I'm sure I've seen it. I just don't remember it. Yeah, that, they did that whole, uh, there's a monster under your bed thing. Uh, the, the kids are all being chased by this troll, and he takes them and turns them into wooden dolls. And it mm. makes his magic stronger every single time. Interesting. And uh, um, he would even mimic their voices so the kid would feel safe and then they turn around and there he was <clears throat> and uh, they did the trope of there's a monster under the bed and she would look under the bed uh, and they, they played it up like there's something there she pulled the curtain and it was just a teddy bear she picked the teddy bear up she got back into the bed she rolled over and there he was in the bed with her oh man and uh, turned her into a doll Oh, Smuffies, it's just you. Cool. Well, I think that's a great top five scariest Rugrats moments list, and I'd love to hear from our Slimesters. You know, either YouTube comments, Instagram, social media, wherever you can find us, even uh, at our email, splatattack2021 at gmail.com. What are your scariest Rugrats moments? You know, let us know. Go into detail if you have any childhood memories tied to it, because we'd love to hear more about it. And we'll probably even share it in a Mona's Mailbag segment, too. Uh, but before we end this episode, we're going to do our honorable mentions, dishonorable mentions, and then get into our segment. So starting off with honorable mentions, Alex, what did you pick? Uh, I've got a few. And again, this is all ones that uh, Facebook had chosen. Uh, there is one that both Brett and I had. So I took, took it off my list. And uh, Brett can talk about it when he gets to his. But Down the Drain was one of them, uh, mm -hmm. where Tommy is imagining as the water goes down the drain that he goes down with it uh give and take the mr boppo punching oh, bag yeah. hi i'm boppo hi yep. i'm boppo hi i'm boppo uh and i know it was brett's number one but what the big people do didn't really get that much of a response over on facebook and 
but there were a handful of people that did uh, express their how th that was creepy to them. I didn't think it was creepy. I thought it was really interesting. I really enjoyed just watching and see the different perspective. Uh, but I've always been interested with things like that. Uh, how you take a trope and then flip it and see what it's like. And uh, the other one that's a little unorthodox, kind of going along the lines of what uh, Kelsey had done or, or earlier, but uh, pickles versus pickles. Mm -hmm. And the moment in particular was whatever they were dragging Drew out of court. Uh, that the imagery there was uh, because Angelica was now full judge and jury and executioner. I was going to say, I remember Stu saying, but I'm a good father. I'm a good father. And no one's just listening to him. No, I'm a good father. I'm a good father. I'm a good father. I'm a good father. Order. I'm a good father. I'm a good father. I'm a good father. I am the A dream. And I'm sure if you're dead, too, you can relate to that or at least uh, see where they're going with yep. that. Oh, my God. My eye is hurting. Oh, no. Well, you keep touching it. It's irritated. I don't know what to do with it. Here, here. Let me like just. My eye fell out. Yeah. Let me let me just take my eye out so I can put on my glasses. One moment. It's too bad you don't have an eye patch. I thought about that, but I don't have one. Because then here, you can just be like, I would just. Oh, that's good. <laughs> were were those all your honorable mentions, Alex? Yes, those are all my honorable mentions. Okay, cool. So for my honorable mentions, I have a few of them as well. Um, that didn't quite make the mark, but they still had some striking imagery that really stuck with me throughout the years. Uh, Mega Diaper Babies was Metallotron and Agelotron, you know, those two paralleling each other. I really didn't like how, how the robot design was and how it had like a very unnatural voice, even with like a robot modulator on it, and yet it was considered like female. It was just very strange, and also Angelica becoming that was equally as strange. The ending of that episode in particular gave me some uh, sh shaking nerves, but not to the point where I was terrified. Uh, but the, the moment where Chucky like uses his skunk power to defeat Angelatron and her face spins around and blows off and we see this weird like metallic skeleton on the inside of her head, that used to freak me out more than anything because I was not expecting that. And just something about those cold metal holes staring at me just like creeped into my soul in a weird way kind of like i'm doing with you guys now <laughs> some other picks that i have real quick are the last babysitter where we encounter the dark monster who turns out to be this neighborhood kid called sticky um i really like this one for the ambience it reminds me of the tale of the dark music from Ari for the dark due to that as well and just not being able to see the menace from the basement that's kind of you know, creating the tension in the house where all the babies are alone and uh, Susie's parents are out. So that's that's got to get an honorable mention uh, for that. Of course, uh, Mysterious Mr. Friend as well, because uh, Robot Gene Simmons, an army of them just coming after the babies, that's that's a sight you'll never forget, burned yeah. into my memory. Uh, also, the, I had to bump this one off as originally on my list, but upon rewatching it, it didn't bother me. I found it more comical, but as a kid, I was freaked out because I, I was the kind of kid who really liked bottles. I liked the texture of the rubber nipple on the top, and I didn't like weaning onto uh, plastic drink cups that I couldn't get any of the juice or milk out of. So of course, Mr. Tippy touches a nerve for me there where he's like, drink me, drink me. And he's just really, really being 
peer pressure-y with Tommy as he's about to push him off a cliff. And then, of course, luckily the big old big person's bottle uh, squirts him away into oblivion. So luckily that ended on a happy note. Um, and then uh, I already mentioned Mr. Clean, which I actually replaced uh, under, Chuck, under Chucky's bed with. So that's those are my picks. And Weaning Tommy was the other honorable mention that was from the Facebook group. Those are all great honorable mentions. I have a few as well. I know, I think Alex had it on his list. In the dream time is an honorable mention for me that I'm not Tommy, I'm not Stu. But what we didn't mention was, so after Chucky has this dream, he's describing the dream to Tommy and he's like, you were a clown. And Tommy was like, was I a funny clown? And Chucky's like, uh, not really. <laughs> and just the way he like hesitates, it's great. Was I a funny clown? Um, not really. And also, by the way, Spike is creepy with an English accent. That is actually very off-putting. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Hello there. Just in time for a spot of tea, eh, what? So not with an English accent. Get out of here, British Spike. I don't like it. So uh, British Spike only for Buffy, not for Rugrats, please. Yes. 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 Favorite character. <laughs> I've hired myself out as an attraction. Slideshow freak. Well, at least the showbiz. So my next honorable mention, Visitors from Outer Space. This is a weird pick, but there is a creepy fish. The doll isn't so bad. I mean, it is pretty creepy because it just looks like the fish, but the actual talking fish in the sequence where Tommy's imagining he's in outer space. That is freaking creepy, off-putting, not likable. And if you look really closely, Angelica walks through a doorway, I believe. I think it's Angelica. And Chaz's head is in a jar at the top on this wall. It's a floating <laughs> head in a jar. And I swear to you, I rewatched it to make sure I was right. And I am right. His head, you have to look, it's like a, you know, a couple of frames. Like, a, it's got to be more than a couple of frames. Probably a couple of seconds. And it's totally up there. I'm like, oh my god, Chaz's head. It's on the wall. It's floating in a jar. Anyway, uh, I think that's worth a mention alone. Also, the dark ending with Angelica, like, shoveling sand. Like, she's stranded on a planet but i think the quote that grandpa says is the really creepy part in the beginning of the episode that spurs this whole thing he says those aliens sucked him up with a laser beam and kept him prisoner for 15 million years of course it was only 12 seconds in earth time so i just love that then uh chucky versus the potty which we already talked about the prison electric chair sequence i thought was creepy and scary um, two more that weren't talked about at all. Let There Be Light. I just think it's awesome when Chucky sees the shadows around Tommy's room and he starts to quote why shadows are so scary and why the dark is scary. And he says, First the air gets black and the scary shadows come out and all the monsters crawl out of the closet. That's not true, Chucky. There are no monsters in the closet. Besides, not all the light went off. We still got the night light. Yeah, I guess you're right, Toby. It's just a really great mood and not to use it again, but come on. It's a great atmosphere. It is. It is what it is. And then finally, my last honorable mention, Monster in the Garage. As an adult, it doesn't scare me as much, but as a kid, it did scare me. 
I just love the music when we're seen from the monster's point of view. And I did monster with air quotes for those of you who are just listening, because we know, you know, it's not a true monster. But I just think it's really, really well done, especially during Grandpa Boris's story, where he's talking about the Dybbuk and the Klobbermeister, and it's raining, and it's spooky music, and the the little babies are really terrified. So it, it's wonderful. And it really adds to the whole episode and why they think it's a monster and how creepy it is. And top-notch stuff, even though it just missed the list. And that's my honorable mentions. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Kelsey. Like, I wanted to put Monster in the Garage on this list, but I couldn't because of how cute the little mouse is at the end. And how House 2, like, got up on the on the car. And he's like, oh, the mouse, get away from me. Um, but I, I really love Grandpa Boris's storytelling. And, man, I, I guess based on talking about all these episodes together, Rugrats is really good at building ambiance for, for whatever moments they share. And I really love the ambiance when he's telling his story. And it actually reminds me of this um, other Boris and Minka episode called Toys in the Attic, where they visit their grandparents and they get go up in the attic and they play that like creepy music on the phonograph. And of course you got all those creepy puppets looking at them and then Boris has like a sheet on them to make them look like a ghost. And yeah, that's, that's another like great ambient moment as well. Love yeah, it. I almost had that one. Like that one was taken into consideration, but I was like, I gotta leave it off because I already have a Boris, you know, episode, and I don't know. That one's good though. That one is. I love that one, and I love when the toy, the toys come, you know, crashing down just because it was a cool image. I loved like obviously toys as a kid, so that was cool to see all those toys. And also, Angelica screamed bloody murder during that scene. I've never <laughs> yeah. heard her scream like that ever. I know. <laughs> okay, I'll put on my honorable mention just for that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, now that we've gotten through the good stuff, let's get to the bad stuff. What is your dishonorable mention, Alex? So my dishonorable mention, uh, and it's not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. It's a very good episode. But uh, I had found it really amusing that of all things to get scared about, this is kind of a silly thing to get scared about, but also it's the mind of a baby. But it's Inside Story. And uh, in this one, Chucky ends up swallowing a watermelon seed. And now he's afraid, that, especially thanks to Angelica's uh, prodding, that it's going to grow in his belly and he's going to explode. And I'm thinking, even as a kid, I was going, we're scared of a seed? You're going to poop that thing out, man. I, I thought, really, this is this is kind of a silly thing to get scared of. But of course, yeah. when this came out, I was six. So, I mean, I, I'm still not fully grasping that this is still a baby's uh, perspective. Right. And then uh, three, two or three years later, the Page Master came out and uh, Macaulay Culkin's character got eaten by a dragon and he opened up alice in wonderland for the beanstalk to come out and i thought you just ripped off rugrats yep <laughs> that's great well, if you're gonna steal steal from the best <laughs> it was a very good episode but as a kid and i don't really have a dishonorable i don't have a, mo uh, a scary moment that i thought was was really dumb but as or not scary or anything like that but uh when i was six this was the one the one time and i was like really you're gonna get scared about this chucky come on dude so uh, my dishonorable mention isn't, it's not really scary per se, but when you realize what's happening, you really, you really learn to hate the character and his intentions. 
This is uh, called New Kid in Town, and I'm talking about the character Josh, who he meets uh, the babies in like this park for the duration of the episode. And what I really dislike about this uh, is scary in a more realistic way, because this kid is like a bully. He's manipulating all these babies. He's gaslighting them, getting them to do what he wants for him, no matter what, without having them question his authority. And then for whatever reason, he gets this idea to put all of them in a line for a game that he came up, start swinging, and then jump on them, not over them, on them intentionally as in this 200 pound kid who has no boundaries or social conscience is literally going to murder four babies by squishing them with his body weight and for that i dislike this episode i dislike this character he belongs in peaches's cartoon hell for all i care i am the dark underlord the prince of doom the king of eternal torment i am fear i am evil they call me Peaches. I uh, I had a really hard time coming up with a dishonorable mention because I love Rugrats. Specifically, when I say I love Rugrats, I love the first three seasons. I have no idea. I know I probably wouldn't like anything after that because once still came along, it's like, yeah, it, whatever. Yeah. I wasn't really into it. I didn't really like it after that. So, I mean, that technically is a dishonorable mention. But if we're talking about, like, uh, characters we didn't like or things that are technically scary... Uh, I think scary in a metaphorical sense, how pushed Angelica was as a character by Nickelodeon, like, oh, like, and they kind of downplayed how she was really mean, but yet they still elevated her, like, in promotion, and I just think that's kind of yeah. scary and weird, and, like, I think I was... I was smart enough to know that she's not a good role model, but I think some kids might not have been that smart to like understand like we shouldn't act like this. I mean, I'm not saying she shouldn't have been there. You need a villain, but just yes. the way they promoted it where they, they made it seem like she wasn't the villain. Like she was just another lovable character and she's truly evil. Like she like evilly laughs in like so many episodes. And you just mentioned Alex, the inside story. That's like her best evil laugh at the end where mm -hmm. like Chucky's about to blow up and she's like, nah! I can't even do it justice because it was like a true, real hardcore evil laugh. <laughs> So to me, I guess Angelica as a character is my dishonorable mention because it's just so weird that they were like, yeah, she's cool, but she's not cool, Nickelodeon. She's horrible, and that's how she's supposed to be portrayed. So make her seem like she's horrible when you're promoting the show because that's what she is. She's a horrible person, a horrible kid. She's a brat. Yeah, let's let's duct tape her to Josh and send them both to Peaches to get straightened out. <laughs> yes, let's. <laughs> All right, enough baby bashing. Let's get into our segment, Say What, and uh, call this a spooky night, shall we? <laughs> yes. Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? All right, so for this Rugrats Halloween edition of Say What, you know how the game goes if you're a longtime Slimester listener. We're, we picked a bunch of hand-picked quotes from our episodes, and we're gonna have you guess who said what, and we're gonna keep score, and the winner gets bragging rights. And Alex has been on a real hot streak today, so Kelsey, hopefully you can win. No pressure. <laughs> like Rugrats, so I mean, awesome. I, I know this like way better. I love Rocco, but I like last time when we talked Rocco, I'm not as good as at the trivia. Rugrats, come on, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. Let's go. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, uh, looks like we're ready to play Say What, so let's uh, dive in and do it to it. So question one, uh, just buzz your buzz 
raise your hand, whatever you want. Just signal that you came up with the answer first and I'll call on you for the point. Uh, Man, if I, wasn't, if I wasn't worried about waking up Jensen, I would do Stu's nipple twist scream for the buzzer. Okay, so for quote one, who said it? Oh, boys, time to play house. I'm at Stu. That's my buzzer. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, was that your buzzer? No, yes. <laughs> That was not the answer. Okay. <laughs> the answer is Angelica. <laughs> yes. Oh, boys. Time to play house. <laughs> so a point goes to Kelsey. Yes, that's correct. For one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen in Rugrats. Angelica said that. Uh, so the point is one Kelsey, zero Alex. Plenty of time to catch up. Question number two. Well, now you're num nums. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, that was the uh, imaginary, or not the the the, the fake big uh, baby brother for Angelica. Well, now you're num num. I'll accept it, but the fandom commonly refers to him as Big Boy Pickles because that's what's on his shirt. Ah. So, point Alex, point Kelsey, tied up. I'm scared. <laughs> Let's go. You're not. You're not scared. You're num nums. Uh, so, question three. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you come down here? I've got candy. Ah! Oh, that oh, was a tie. I, that was literally uh -oh. a tie. Uh-oh. Uh, go, go ahead. Guest. I was going to say the monster under the bed. Under Chucky's bed. That is correct. Yes. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you come on down here? I got candy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to both of you because I know you know what else. Two, two. Um, quote number four. We've got to find the bolts that open up the chest plate. <laughs> oh man, you're. Is that a tie again? Yeah. It was. It basically was. Tommy. Yes. We gotta find the bolts that open up the chest plate. Yeah. You, you both got it. Three, three, three. Um, let's see. Quote, quote five. It's really hard to see through these glasses. <laughs> <laughs> My lovely assistant Ramona will hold the bowl while I demonstrate my culinary magic. She, Kelsey. She beat it. Well, Stu. Yes, Stu. My lovely assistant Ramona will hold the bowl as I demonstrate my culinary magic. No. One potato, two potato. I know that episode. <laughs> Drew, is that Ramona. you? <laughs> yeah, who's Drew, who's Drew. Ramona? <laughs> She's making chocolate pudding for me at four in the morning. What are you doing, Needy? <laughs> that that's correct. Kelsey, four points. Alex, three. Uh, quote number six. Who said it? Hmm. When I was a spud, me and my other brother Sparky and I used to go trick or treating door to door. Alex, ah. uh, just just starting with <laughs> is enough to know that this is Grandpa Lou. That is Grandpa Lou. <laughs> When I was a spud, me and my brother Sparky used to go trick-or-treating door-to-door. Ooh, we got a nail-biter here, four to four. So the last quote, it's going to come down to this. Ooh, I love <laughs> I love the tension here. Perfect for spooky season. Yes. Okay, hands on your buzzers or screamers, however you want. Who said it? Look, it looks like the monster's hair. Do you think he's going bald? Now, this is a tricky one because two people said it, so you have to name both characters who are saying these quotes. I don't know this one. I don't know it either. 
The answer is Tommy and Susie when they find the wig of Sticky in the last Babysitter episode. Oh, look! It looks like the monster's hair! Do you think he's going bald? Wow! I was so close! Did I mention that as my honorable mention? Because if not, that that's supposed to you be did. Okay. You did. Yeah, but you didn't say that line, so. No, I didn't say the line, but you said you mentioned the episode. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Right, yeah, that I episode is good. That that episode also has like a really great move throughout it and good yeah. vibe. Oh man, what do we do with this tie? Do do I come up with a tiebreaker or we just pronounce you both winners? Oh, we both choice. love our rugrats. We're all winners here. Yeah, rugrats. Rugrats Even for life. Winner banner for all three of us, because I There you go. I, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wins. Confetti! Excuse me. <laughs> I... <laughs> There's a slime. Yeah. Winning gives me indigestion. Oops. It's you ate the watermelon seed, didn't you? I did. Because I, I love watermelon. What do you expect? <laughs> all, right, all right, guys. I Don't explode. Don't explode. I promise. I gotta I gotta be around for the next episode. Uh, but speaking of next episode, let's get to our closing question. Uh, which Rugrats episode scared you stiff as a child? More importantly, which ones still scare you when revisiting them today? I know some people weighed in on Facebook with Alex's choices, but we'd love to hear from you specifically, Slimesters, at splatattack2021 at, at gmail.com for our email, or in, uh, DM us on Instagram at splatattackpodcast, or even leave comments on this video uh, on our YouTube page, uh, splatattackpodcast. Share some of your memories with us. All right. Let, I, I think we've eaten enough Reptar candy for one night. Let's <laughs> let's hope we don't have nightmares when we go to bed because we're we're all sugared up clearly by how silly we've become by the this point in the episode. Kelsey, thank you so very much for stopping by at the Pickles yes. residence tonight and uh, you know sharing sharing these fond yet traumatic memories of Rugrats with us. It was a true joy to be here with you again. Oh, it's the pleasure's all mine. It was truly a treat, not a trick. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so it was perfect for Halloween. I love spooky Rugrats. It's kind of one of the things, you know, Rugrats, Are You for the Dark? The spooky side of cartoons, like Nick, Nickelodeon cartoons specifically. But even like as a kid, I was watching, you know, Batman the Animated Series. That type of dark stuff growing up really like kind of helped me become a horror lover. So I just, I really have a fond a fondness for all of that stuff, you know? And by the way, I'm wearing a thematic flipping, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm wearing an awesome Rugrats horror movie mashup shirt. So Phil and Lil are like the shining twins. Flippin' Tommy is like Pinhead. Chucky, of course, is Chucky. And Angelica is Freddy Krueger, of course. And Phil and Lil are holding Jason's mask and Michael Myers' masks. And Reptar looks all evil and has blood all on him. And it says red rum for the like, <laughs> front of the license plate. So yeah, I dressed up for the occasion. I'm so glad you did. And of course, you have a little witch's hat on too. Yes, with a pumpkin. Love it. Yeah, I, lo I love it when we have guests who really get into the spirit of our episode. So thank you again for being here. And also, Alex, I do have to mention, even though you are Christmas themed, um, you know, pulling a nightmare before Christmas here, I do love your Rugrats themed Christmas shirt. You have to share it. Thank you. Thank you. I love it too. It yeah. says uh, Season's Greetings and it's got Reptar with a Santa hat. And yes, don't worry, uh, Halloween fans. Uh, it will definitely be Halloween themed for the next episode and, and uh, for the rest of the Halloween season. Sounds great. Kelsey, for all of our Slimesters who are tuning in, uh, I know you had mentioned it previously in our Rocco's Modern Life episode, but it's an all-new episode, and we might have new audience. Where can everyone follow you at? 
People can follow me at superkickingit, it's S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T on Instagram. I love posting nostalgic stuff. I love posting spooky stuff. If you're into, you know, horror, I'm really into horror movies and horror fiction. So I like books too. In fact, I post a lot about books, but uh, I'm really known for liking books movies and the 90s so literally anything 90s that's why i love nickelodeon especially rugrats and i have a whole big collection so find me on instagram but also my youtube channel is slime and slashers the slime part of the name is because i love nickelodeon so that is yes for nickelodeon slime because my channel is technically what's considered a horror tube channel where I do talk a lot about horror books and movies just like on Instagram, but I always find a way to throw in 90s nostalgia. Like I have like all these creepy kids movies I listed off recently for like a video I did. And in April, I do a big readathon and watchathon. It's called Old School April. So please join me next year for it because I watch a lot of old school Nickelodeon, talk a lot about old school Nickelodeon and also about old school, just general 90s stuff, including old school horror but also non-horror stuff so yes I'm all about the 90s so Nickelodeon fans are totally welcome and I'd love to see you over at my channel or on my Instagram and thanks guys again all right slimesters tune in next time as we leave the backyard spook house at the pickles residence and climb up into Bart and Lisa's treehouse a few blocks over oh yes we're veering outside of 90s Nick again and this time we're covering our favorite 90s tales from Simpsons Treehouse of Horror specifically the classic era so it's going to be Treehouse of Horror 1 through 10. Be sure to ration your candy, because if you eat too much before this episode, you might have nightmares for weeks. Alex, will you drain the slime tank for us, please? I've got to pick out a new costume for our next episode. Aye, aye, co-captain. Just don't make sure that you don't copy my idea. Well, what are you going to be? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> oh, boy. Something tells me I'm going to see you in my nightmares. <laughs> oh, boy. Splash you later, Zomsters. <laughs> Bye. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye. Nighty-night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the Hidden Temple. What do we do till then? Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on, Nick. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Bye-bye. Going together. Right. Ready? Set. Wait a minute. Maybe I should get a flashlight. Right. Right. A uh, flashlight. Okay. You go on in there and I'll uh, go get a flashlight. Oh, oh, no, you, you go in there and I'll get the flashlight. Why me? Why do I have to go in there alone?